a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. Uh, taking a brief respite from the deluge here. I think we got like four inches of rain this weekend. More on the way, but, uh, you know, uh, I would re- listen. I'll take more rain than not enough rain. Hopefully uh, the weather is cooperating where you live. Uh, hopefully the politicians are cooperating where you live, too. But that is not the case across the country where we are continuing to see all kinds of abuses against our right to keep and bear arms. We're going to be talking about uh, one specific issue on the show today. That is the uh, public nuisance statutes that uh, a lot of blue states are enacting with an eye towards going after gun makers, trying to do an end run around the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act. State of Hawaii is the latest to do so, we're going to be talking with Larry Keene of the National Shooting Sports Foundation here in just a moment about the lawsuit that has been filed against the new Hawaii law, as well as uh, legal updates on some of the other challenges to these public nuisance statutes uh, that are percolating around the country. Before we get to that, however, Biden's America, you know, absolutely crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation, pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch meat the next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me plays over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. All right, let's uh, kick off our conversation with Larry Keene here from the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Uh, also, do want to let you know, we've got a lot of other stuff going on. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking with Jim Wallace of the Gun Owners Action League up in Massachusetts about this awful bill, HD 4420. Uh, Democrats meeting behind closed doors, trying to convince their colleagues to vote for this, even as police chiefs across the state are joining gun owners and speaking out against this legislation, warning that it would turn thousands of law-abiding gun owners into felons overnight. So we're going to have the details on that. Coming up on Tuesday's Cam and Company. Right now, though, let's uh, kick off the conversation with Larry Keene of the National Shooting Sports Foundation talking about the attempt to uh, eradicate the firearms industry through these public nuisance laws. Take a look and a listen. Larry, thanks so much for coming on the program, sir. It's good talking with you today. Always a pleasure to spend time with you, Cam. Hope you're well. Uh, I am doing, uh, yes, better than uh, gun owners in Hawaii these days. Let's put it that way. Uh, They are... You know, they're, they're facing a lot of threats. You've got the uh, carry killer legislation that was signed, uh, but you also have this public nuisance law, which I know Hawaii is not the first in the state to do this. You all have been uh, fighting these laws around the country. But talk, if you can, Larry, about um, the intent behind this bill and and just how bad this is for the firearms industry. Well, you're right. This is not the only one of its kind. Uh, Democrat governors with the support of anti-gun Democrat AGs and primarily uh, every town for gun safety, the Bloomberg funded organization, have been running around the country in blue, blue states passing uh, these uh, public nuisance statutes that are designed to circumvent 
and uh, try to get around the Federal Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act and open up the industry to a new tidal wave of frivolous lawsuits that seek to blame law-abiding manufacturers, distributors, and retailers for the criminal misuse of lawfully sold firearms, exactly what the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act is designed to stop, as you and your listeners will recall, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a flood of litigation by then uh, Democrat AGs, uh, you know, ambulance chasing trial lawyers and the Brady Center um, and, and big city mayors, Democrat mayors, with one exception in New York with Rudy Giuliani and um, trying to bankrupt either destroying and bankrupt the industry or force the industry to capitulate, to bend the knee so that uh, a court can order all manner of gun control in the form of a settlement, things that would never pass the legislature. So here we are 20, you know, almost 20 years later, the PLCA was signed into law in 2005. And we see this effort by every town uh, to kind of reinvent the playbook. They know they don't have the votes to repeal the PLCAA. So they're trying to come up with these novel theories saying, well, this is a statute designed uh, or specific to sale and marketing of firearms. And so it fits within the predicate exception. And therefore, we can bring these lawsuits. And all it really does is attempt to codify a sort of common, nebulous common law negligence claim and, and say, well, it's specific to the industry. And so therefore, it fits within the exception. So uh, if they are successful, it completely guts the PLCAA. And we will be faced, as we already are, uh, seeing in places like New York, uh, and threatened in Delaware, lawsuits against the industry for you know lawfully selling firearms that get misused by criminals. Years later, through no uh, you know through no no conduct of uh, the industry members, so it is a really high stakes poker again. Um, they are trying to weaponize the decision in Soto. I mean, we know this is what they're doing because they've admitted this is what they're trying to do. And everything becomes marketing and focus on the advertising. You know, so that's what's going on. It's very dangerous. It, it is. I mean, because their theory is that even if, let, let's say, well, you know, uh, uh, Joe Blow the criminal, Joe Blow the armed robber, even if Joe Blow never saw an advertisement for a particular firearm, the gun that he used to commit that armed robbery, um, they're still saying it doesn't matter. Joe Blow doesn't have to have seen that advertisement. The, the mere fact that advertising for a firearm exists uh, and it can you know, have such dangerous imagery as an American flag or maybe a military veteran uh, you know, shows that this is I mean, th these are the real arguments that the gun control groups are making in court cases around the country. Right. Absolutely. It doesn't just like in Soto, there was zero evidence that the mother saw any advertising let alone was motivated to buy anything. There's no evidence in that case. In fact, the Connecticut Supreme Court said the plaintiffs had a Herculean, Herculean proof problem. No evidence 
the murderer in that case, saw any ads or was motivated to commit the horrific crimes that he did, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. The, we don't like these ads, so we're going to suppress not only your Second Amendment rights, we're going to suppress your First Amendment rights. And so now we don't like how you sell guns. We can't, you know, they're not passing legislation that says you must do X, Y, and Z. You have to have, quote, unquote, reasonable controls. What is that? You find out after the fact from the jury that your conduct wasn't, quote, unquote, reasonable. This is exactly what the PLCAA is designed to stop. If you sell firearms in accordance with the law that's been enacted, you know, then you're not liable for the misuse of that product later on. And again, the, the PLCA says, you know, if it's a known violation of a um, law that you know, controls the marketing of firing, um, then, you know, you can be sued. It has to be a knowing violation, not you didn't have reasonable controls. Yeah, which, by the way, in the Hawaii statute, are those are those reasonable controls ever defined? Or no. as you say, is this this is just something you learn after the fact? You learn after the fact from a jewel, right? And they don't tell you what these reasonable, you know, you see th words in these statutes like including but not limited. To. So even if you do all the things they say, you can still be sued because that wasn't reasonable enough. It's a negligent standard. Gussied up as a statutory claim. This is exactly what the Ninth Circuit, for example, in the Lido case, said is not permitted because then the exception swallows the rule. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to devour the PLCAA uh, and force the enforce gun control measures through that public doesn't support. And we'll do nothing in the long run to make you know these communities any safer. Because criminals don't obey the law. Right. I, exactly. I mean, um, you know, most of the time these criminals are getting their guns through theft. They're getting their guns through the black market. They're getting their guns through straw purchases. Uh, they're not lawfully buying these firearms to begin with. Uh, and that won't change. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, um, New York, I think, was the first to implement uh, the, this sort of public nuisance in around around the uh, Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act. I know that. There's a lawsuit in the Second Circuit. Now we've got this one filed in Hawaii. How many cases has NSSF brought uh, across the country right now? So there's a lawsuit, as you mentioned, in New York was the first one. That's in the Second Circuit. New Jersey, um, that's in the Third Circuit. Delaware, the court is was sitting on a motion for a preliminary injunction, waiting the outcome in the Third Circuit. In the New York case, we are waiting for the governor of Illinois to sign. Their statute, we will file there. We've also filed in Washington State, California, now Hawaii. And so wherever we see one of these bills enacted, uh, and they're all modeled on each other with slight variations, uh, we're going to file a lawsuit and challenge. Has anybody, uh, I mean, have there been any cases filed using these public nuisance laws uh, okay. against gun manufacturers? Yes, in fact, the city of Rochester and the city of Buffalo, New York, and some private lawsuits um, arising out of a shooting on the subway in New York where some crazy person uh, came from Ohio to New York, illegally in possession of a firearm, used it to shoot somebody. Clock was sued in that in a case that's been stayed pending the outcome of the decision by the Second Circuit. So it is happening. We've seen the Delaware AG 
threatened to sue uh, Bass Pro Shops under the Delaware statute, um, even though there, Bass Pro Shop was the victim of straw purchasing, and the AG lying upon the word of a convicted felon um, wants to sue or is threatening to sue Bass Pro Shops because they were a victim of, stroke, of uh, illegal theft by a criminal. And so somehow that gives rise to a lawsuit against Bass Pro Shop. You know, I wrote about this case so at Barry Arms last week. Crime, don't be a victim of a crime. You could get sued. Yeah, I, I wrote about this case at Barry Arms because I was just I was so gobsmacked by this. I mean, you've got an individual who's admitted to stealing uh, hundreds of thousands of rounds of ammunition as part of, by the way, an Wait, organized theft ring. Right. He claims. Right. Um, to have stolen, you know, half a million rounds or more of ammunition over the course of a year. Uh, and she gets a plea deal. She has to deal. avoid prison. Right. She's not going yes. to jail, even though she uh, this, I believe, is is at least her second, if not her third felony offense. She was uh, uh, caught stealing pills and selling them uh, a few years ago. But, yeah, it, well, you know, hold out your wrist so we can give you a little slap here. Uh, and then we're going to rely on your testimony to go after the the gun store, the victim of the crime that took place. I mean, and again, if there's not a clear, you know, uh, example of the anti-gun, anti-2A hostility that we're seeing here on the part of the AGs, suing the victim of a crime while letting the perpetrator go free. I mean, that's that's pretty blatant, Larry. Yeah, well, they haven't filed yet, but um, we'll see. But, it, you know, if they give a sweetheart deal to this person who tells this tale um, of walking out of a Bass Pro Shop Many, like I think she said, twenty times stealing half a million rounds of ammunition, is absurd on his face. It's just simply not true. And then saying this is all Bass Pro Shop's fault. I mean, ridiculous. And I know that Bass Pro Shop has denied this allegation, said it's patently false. Think about a company like Bass Pro Shops. Don't you think they would know if half a million rounds went missing? Right. I mean, like, is there theft from retail? There's theft from retail in every store in the country, right? Yeah. But it's like you don't blame the company for it. It's ridiculous. You do. And if you do continue to blame the companies for it, then you see what we're seeing in San Francisco, right? You see companies say, all right, well, I'm not doing business here. We're closing up our shop because it's untenable. And, and, and the city is not helping us out. City's not right. uh, taking care of the shoplifters. They're not taking care of the organized retail theft. So we can't continue to operate here. Um, I, you know, I, I I hate to think that we could get to that point where farm retailers or gun makers say, all right, you know what? It's untenable for us to continue doing business in the state of Delaware or the state of New York or the state of Hawaii. Do you think you're we could get to that point? Yeah. You're seeing companies leave the Northeast, for example, Smith & Wesson, moving most of their manufacturing to Tennessee, out of Massachusetts, where they've been since the 1850s. And look what Massachusetts is doing. like. You know, they've gone insane with this uh, bill that they've introduced, 4420, which is, by the way, Cam, this is no joke. I've been doing this for a quarter century. It is the single worst bill we have seen anywhere ever, period, full stop. We're going to be talking about that with Jim Wallace on uh, tomorrow's Cam and Company, actually, um, yes. because we, we, we talked with him about it last week. I uh, wrote about the police chiefs uh, in Massachusetts who are starting to speak out 
you know, and again, this isn't coming from the gun lobby. This is coming from chiefs saying no. this is going to turn thousands of law abiding citizens into felons overnight. Right. That's exactly right. All of your listeners, if you live in the Bay State, um, whether you're a Red Sox fan or not, you need to pick up the phone <laughs> and call your state senator, call your state representative, and you need to make it very clear this is unacceptable, that they have to oppose this, that this is outrageous. And very importantly, there's no fixing this. There's no amendment here, amendment there, and all will be good because they're going to try to like throw some bones while they shove a sandwich down our throats. Mm-hmm. No, yep. this has to go. In total, it's ridiculous. You, you know it's serious when a Yankees fan like Larry started speaking up and uh, encouraging Red Sox fans to, uh, to to go and protect their rights. But again, I mean, you know, this is, the Bruin decision was a great decision, um, but we're seeing the backlash, right? Uh, this was definitely a motivating decision for the anti-gunners as well. And I think they understand that uh, the next few years are going to be absolutely crucial in, in shaping our segment of rights for decades to come. Uh, and they are trying to, again, ob- obliterate our right to keep in arms and hope that they can get the courts to go along with it. Um, Larry, you know, so 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 what what should we be looking at in terms of the the public uh, nuisance lawsuits? Is the Second Circuit the the case that is sort of the well, ripest at this point? Well, the Third Circuit uh, took their took the case the, the New Jersey case where we we obtained a preliminary injunction mm-hmm. in joining the state from enforcing the law that got argued in the Third Circuit about two weeks ago. So we're waiting on a decision. I think we'll see a decision by the Third Circuit first. Uh, we don't even have an argument date in the Second Circuit. Okay. So I think that'll be first. Um, then I think we we will then uh, see uh, cases probably decided on preliminary injunction motions and we'll be in the Ninth Circuit. But uh, there's no question that these anti-gun legislators are, um, and you saw this in New York in the immediate aftermath of Bruin. You, we pointed out in our complaint in Hawaii, in the immediate aftermath of Bruin, they are passing these laws that are transparently unconstitutional. And I think they are just thumbing their nose at the Supreme Court. And it is, stop me if you can. Yep. I think you're right. Um, but while they're thumbing their nose at the court, they're also giving gun owners the gigantic middle finger, right? Uh, and, and that, you know. I was being, trying to be a little I, No, I get it. I get it. But, you know, this isn't just highfalutin legal theories. I mean, th- these are felony charges. These are loss of livelihoods for, you know, longtime gun store owners, for uh, family businesses, for major firearms manufacturers. Uh, the destruction of our individual right to keep and bear arms will have far-reaching cultural and societal consequences, uh, which is, again, yet another reason why we need to stand up and support our uh, our right to keep and bear arms right now. Uh, Larry, listen, uh, you're my favorite Yankees fan, so I always appreciate you coming on the program. I'm glad that we get a chance to spend some time together, and uh, hopefully the next time we talk, we've got some good news to report. Yeah, it's not looking like a good season for either of us. <laughs> I know. Well, hope springs eternal. That's right. There's always next year. Larry Keene uh, joining us from the National Shooting Sports Foundation here on Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Well, thank you very much to uh, Larry Keene for joining us on the program. We are going to continue to follow what's going on here in uh, all of these court cases around the country and uh, hopefully soon some relief in sight. Let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. I've got to thank uh, Jeffrey uh, for uh, sending this my way. He sent me an email with a link to this story, 
And he said, uh, the headline, oh, Cam, this is a doozy. Uh, he said, this one is a true blood boiler. He said, I strongly recommend you take 10 deep breaths before you read this one. And unfortunately, Jeffrey's right. Here's the headline. Army veteran found dead 11 days after her abusive boyfriend was released on parole. And yeah, this is a story that will make your blood boil. Danica Bergeson, 33 years of age, was found dead in an apartment on July the 8th with her boyfriend, 39-year-old Matthew Scott Brennerman. He has been named as a suspect in connection with her death, according to Fox News. Brennerman pleaded guilty to two separate domestic abuse cases back in June. And as part of a parole agreement, he said that he would not contact Bergeson after his release from jail, pending a sentencing hearing scheduled for August. So he basically copped a guilty plea. He was going to avoid jail. And since he was going to avoid jail, he was going to get probation, you know, parole. They let him out. So we'll see you at your sentence. Uh, back in April, the 39-year-old pleaded guilty to striking and biting Bergeson while intoxicated. He was released just a day after that incident and then again attacked Bergeson in May, according to court documents in Hennepin County. The uh, couple who were staying together off and on got into an argument. Bergeson asked Brennan to leave, according to police, in a uh, probable cause statement. That statement went on to say, quote, the defendant responded by striking her with his fist several times and biting her. The defendant then proceeded to choke the victim by placing his hands around her neck and reported difficulty breathing. The victim reported being choked for approximately one minute and 30 seconds. While the defendant was choking the victim, the defendant stated that he was going to kill her. The victim was in fear that he would act on this threat. After the attack in uh, April, police said that uh, Bergeson partially blamed herself for the assault because she was intoxicated, according to court documents. Her dad said that her family struggled to find a safe place for her. And again, the suspect in her death had an order of protection out that barred him from contacting her. But that was a piece of paper, not a suit of armor. Uh, her death has been investigated as a homicide. Brenneman now accused of violating the terms of his parole, in addition to being a suspect in Bergeson's death. And again, if the courts maybe had taken this case, maybe the second case, a little more seriously, instead of looking for a way to just get this off the docket as quickly as possible and hoping and praying that a piece of paper would keep this uh, admitted abuser away from his ex, then maybe, just maybe, um, Danica Bergeson would be alive today. But that is not how our criminal justice system operates. By and large, the vast majority of these criminal cases are plea bargained out. Crimes are uh, reduced to lesser charges. Prison becomes probation. Serious uh, consequences turn into slaps on the wrist. And unfortunately, Many of these individuals go on to commit more serious crimes, as police believe is the case here. Today's Armed Citizen story from the uh, Waco, Texas area, where police say a man shot and killed an aggressor who was attacking three women in a hotel room. Yeah, uh, this is a uh, pretty crazy story. Now, the uh, individual who acted in defense of others, not expected to face any charges. According to KWTX, police say a bystander shot and killed the attacker after the bystander heard three women calling for help inside a room at the Hotel Indigo in Waco, Texas. Police say it started around three o'clock in the morning when a man staying at the hotel heard people yelling for help in the hallway. He found a woman or found a room where a man was in a fight with three women. 
Police say in a press release, the bystander tried to help, but it upset the, quote, original aggressor, who then attacked the bystander, which prompted the bystander to draw his firearm and fire one shot at the original aggressor. Police and emergency crews were called when they arrived on scene. They performed life-saving measures, transported the aggressor to the uh, hospital, where he later passed away from his injuries. Uh, one of the women involved had a minor injury. Police say that the bystander cooperated in their investigation, not arrested, not facing charges. Uh, that, I, my guess, is going to continue to be the case unless there is some wildly different evidence that emerges over the course of the investigation. This, again, sounds like a good Samaritan who intervened, was attacked as a result, and then was forced to act in self-defense and perhaps defense of others as well there at the uh, Hotel Indigo in Waco, Texas, over the weekend. Finally today, our good deed of the day. I mean, not that our armed citizen story wasn't a good deed. I think that that qualifies. But we've got another one for you. This one not involving a firearm, but involving a fire. In Alpharetta, Georgia, where a neighbor saved a uh, home, perhaps even the people inside, after spotting a fire where you generally would expect a fire to be, in the chimney. Uh, However, you know, it is mid-July in Alpharetta, Georgia. Uh, No one in the right mind has a fire going right now. And so a neighbor about 9 p.m. Saturday night uh, noticed smoke coming from this home's chimney and roof and thought, that's odd. Uh, So contacted 911. Uh, Actually, I guess to contact the homeowners first and said, hey, um, you guys have a fire going? No. Well, actually, yeah, you do. They called fire crews. They arrived. They found the fire in their home's chimney chase, worked to uh, put the blaze out, thankfully. Uh, because of that alert neighbor, the fire able to be contained to a small area of the home. Nobody injured. Uh, the home, it sounds like not a total loss. So uh, folks inside going to be able to continue living there, which, again, may not have been the case were it not for the alert neighbor who simply spotted something that, you know, some parts of the year would not have raised any eyebrows whatsoever. But on a uh, sultry July evening, seeing smoke coming from a chimney, yeah. That's suspicious. And um, acting on those suspicions, again, saved a home. Very well. I've saved some lives as well. That is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I do want to thank you for being a part of the program. And don't forget again tomorrow, we're going to be talking with Jim Wallace of the Gun Owners Action League in Massachusetts about this monstrosity of a gun control bill, HC4420. Democrats trying to ram this through before they go on their August recess. Police chiefs speaking out. So are gun owners across the state. We'll give you the latest details again coming up on Tuesday. Don't forget to check out BarryAndArms.com throughout the day. We've got you covered on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation as well. If you like what you see, that encourages you to become a VIP member. Just go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS. And you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying, thanks for showing your support. We're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. News stories and analysis that matter. Because your support does too. So thank you again. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. As much as you can enjoy a Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow for 2A Tuesday. Until then, be well. Be safe. And be free.